this is a video about the Cambrian War. It was, the Cambrian War is generally perceived as a war uh, against what the Romans believed as barbarians, who were actually not so much of barbarians, and were much more advanced than the Romans seemed to know. This, this war is commonly referred to as the First Barbarian War, and it was a book about it was written by Ta I, was written by Plutarch. Plutarch, in his writing, said they were believed to be stated that they were believed to be Germans because they, they had blue eyes, light blue colored eyes, and which was common, which it, which was a common trait of Germany at that time, and they were typically portrayed as plunderers since the ancient German nickname for plunderers was was Kimbri. Based on this analysis, they are perceived as barbarians that are from Germany. The Cambri marched down to what they perceived as a richer land near to the near the Mediterranean. As they got there, they entered Noricum which was named after the people there, the Nariki. The Narikans, after being raided by the heavily militarized barbarian warriors, sent an emissary to the Roman Senate as they were very often trading with the Romans as they were the ones who guarded the Alpine passes for the Romans. They were like the cork in the bottle, if an analysis may be provided. They kept the bad people out of Italy. Whenever what they had was they often traded was with the Roman imp with the Roman Republic. The Roman Republic needed their gold, silver and the salt that they often that they often traded for with the Romans. The Romans needed large quantities of salt for preservative. Whenever less of this was sent based off of the analogy that the Cambri invaded and took large supplies large amounts of supplies from the Nariki, it is known that the Romans had less salt for preservative. The Romans, under the leadership of their consul, Carbo, who went out to meet the, the Cimbri in battle, as well as their allies, the Teutones and Ambrones. 
Voirix, who is the king of the Cambri, came with some with some envoys as a delegation to discuss that the Cambri did not know that they were in territory they shouldn't have been in and requested permission to go back home with some wealth if possible. However, the the Romans killed the Cambri as they were leaving. A few of them managed to make it back to their camp. After this, they swore an oath of vengeance that would not be satisfied until they proved to the Romans that they were not to tolerate things like that. Therefore, whenever the Romans told told them that they needed to go, that after this, they met the Romans at, th- at three battles. battles of, the Battle of Orasio, the Battle of Bordegala, and the Battle of Toulouse. After this all happened, after the death of Carbo and the battle in which he committed suicide after, as he has disgraced the gods, for many Roman soldiers were killed and Carbo was knocked from his horse. And at the very end of the battle, a rain, it started raining. This tells that the gods were not happy with the way the Romans behaved. Therefore, it was not long before these battles begun. At Orasio alone, 80,000 Romans were massacred in a single afternoon. Providing this, the, providing this fact, the Romans knew that they were losing manpower. Finally, at the same time, the, at the same time, the Romans were engaged in a war against King Jugurtha in in Numidia, present day Morocco and Morocco and Tunisia, in that area around there. The Romans, having ta- having seen only defeat there for eight years, sent their one of their generals, Gaius Marius, one fifty seven to eighty six BC, to uh, to attack the Numidians. After beating Jugurtha, he was called upon to serve against the Cimbri in 104. The Romans, afraid of the threat of the Cimbri, elected him consul for five terms until in 100 BC he met with the 
the he met with the Cimbri at the Battle of Vercelli, Italy. His army was about 50,000 strong against 150,000 Cimbri. Again, this happened uh, after another battle where the Romans snuck up to the where the Romans under their new discipline where Marius would choose a camp would deliberately choose a camp that was not well supplied with water they say he did this because because tough conditions make for tough men as as this he would often tell his men whenever they complained they were thirsty there is a he would point to a river next to the barbarian camp and say there is some drinking water for you but you have to pay for it with blood after after his men attacked and killed many of the ambrones including a lot of women and children who armed themselves and attacked they went in and and prepared for the attack by King Tutipod of the Tetones. He would launch a revenge attack. And when this happened, Marius would hold the main force ready to defeat the, and push back the Cimbri. And the Cimbri's allies, the Tutones, the Cimbri themselves were not at the battlefield and were instead assaulting Marius's fort at Aquae Sextii. This, however, came after that. Finally, he had, the day came. The Romans and the Carthaginians I'm, as we left off previously with that cliffhanger, I am sorry about that, but I accidentally said Carthaginian. This is, again, the Cimbri, the Cimbri War, the First Barbarian War. The Romans and the Cimbri, after the Romans defeated the Cimbri in 100 BC at the Battle of Vercelli, Italy, Marius made an oath to sacrifice a hundred animals should victory be his. At least that's what Plutarch writes. And based on the writings, those hundred beasts were sacrificed after the battle was won by the Romans. But after this, Marius became more and more increasingly unpopular as he often made allies with the wrong people and used the wrong strategies. Instead of his political abilities and and that the people and the fact that the people loved him, he was the senators tr treated him more 
more hostile, more hostily. However, this bet, this was because he he had gone against Roman traditions and been consul for five terms. The people asked him to to run for the term of consul again, and he did. He had seven consulships in his in his life. He died at 86 BC from stroke. What happened in the events leading up to that were many things, including that he, including that he was sent to put up a rebellion, and this began a whole a whole new chapter that went until his his nephew Gaius Julius Caesar. Who will be talked? Who will be mentioned in later episodes? Uh, was nineteen. It all started when Marius was sent to crush a rebellion. He was unable to do so. Then a man named Sulla was sent to quell the rebellion. He was successful. After this, Sulla became less and less popular with the people, and Marius became more popular. Yet Sulla was popular with the rich aristocrats who were in command in Rome. As he often tried to expand the right to the rich and decrease the right to the poor. This was known to be part of the start of the war that began. Marius allied himself with a man named Sulla, named Cinna. Cinna and Marius marched to stop Sulla in his march on Rome. Sulla, however, marched on Rome and there was fierce street-to-street fighting. The Romans on neither side were trained for this. The Roman training was for was to line up in long legion formations and to wait to be able to wait for the enemy to charge and then whenever they were about and then whenever they were about 50 yards away throw the pilum then they would which was a heavy spear or javelin that was thrown in a mass to, to distort enemy charges and make it harder for the enemy to hit the Romans with their with the full force of their charge. However, each Roman soldier carried two pila. The Romans preferred to throw their pila at 50 meters away, then to 
charge at, at maybe 25 meters away, then the enemy was about 25 meters away to charge them. This was typical Roman tactics until the Battle of Polenta in the 3rd and 4th centuries A.D. In fact, in the Battle of Phalcyrus in 46 B.C., Caesar criticizes um, Pompey for refusing to charge, but to keep his men holding to receive the charge. This was, the Roman strategy was to charge. However, not to get off topic, it was a, it was a win for Sulla in the Battle of Rome. After that, Cinna and Marius went off to gather forces. Marius died of stroke in 86 BC. Cinna, later on, marched his army, which was small compared to that of Sulla, which, no, which outnumbered it by three times as many men to battle. However, Cinna's men killed Cinna as they had no chance. They surrendered to Sulla and joined him in his march on in his second march on Rome. Sulla became dictator and whenever he died Caesar was finally able to return home. The reason for this was Caesar was on the list of enemies that was posted up in the Forum, the main political district of ancient Rome. The list, if anybody was was able to kill somebody that was on that list and bring their head to the Forum, preferably untouched, maybe on a pole if possible, into the forum, they would receive a part of that person's of that person's possessions. The rest would be seized by the state. That is a a video about the Cambrian War.